Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Bedebonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And Kenton, they've been shooting a movie here on campus for the last few weeks. I think you're aware of this, right? That they've been doing this. Um, although I should say they've been, they shot a movie on campus for about a day and a half and they spent the rest of the time setting up and take, tearing down the sets. There's a lot of construction work going on here just for what seems to be a couple of scenes in a movie. It's kind of crazy how much work they put into this. What's the movie? It's called Dark Harvest. It's an MGM film. And according to the Red River College staff news, it's the highest budget movie to shoot in Manitoba in quite some time. Although I don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> what about We've got nobody. some pretty big movies shoot here. What about the one with uh, Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, that, that was pretty big. And not only that, that's got the glamour Red River College shot uh, with him walking down the street. That's like about as good as it's ever going to be for Red River College. I well, think. I don't know. This one is actually going to have a pretty cool shot because what they did is, uh, for those who don't know, our downtown campus has a facade in the front. And these are like the fronts of the buildings that used to be there. And so they kept that to keep kind of the old architecture in it. So what this movie crew did is that they, they painted up those that front. So it looks like real businesses. Like normally there's nothing behind it. It's just a a front and then the college hallways are on the other side because it's, it's a hallway. It's a, it's a building. Um, but what they did is they painted the front to make it look like individual businesses in there. And then they built out the sets behind the window and the doors so that it looked like behind the windows, each one of those was a different store. So there's like a grocery store. There's a diner. I took a photo on, on Instagram so you can see a photo of it there. It looks really, really cool. And they like built it out like they behind the windows. And they on the other side, of course, it was all blocked off. So I couldn't look on the other side, but they had like a bunch of old comic books. It's a period piece. It takes place in the 50s. There was a bunch of 50s cars parked up and down the road. And so they have a bunch of old comic books. They have some like fake brand of chips and pop and all kinds of stuff in there. It's kind of cool. And then on the other side, where the public safety building used to be, they tore that down last year. And that's the building, by the way, that you can see featured in Cult of Chucky, uh, which was also shot here. Uh, but the building's not there anymore. So it's just an empty lot. And they built a fake pharmacy, movie theater, uh, some there's a couple of other stores as well. So the other side of the street was also made up to look like a 50s street as well. So the whole thing looked really cool when it was all shooting. We'll see what it looks like when the film comes out. And I, I guarantee it's like one or two scenes and that's it. Uh, <laughs> this place. So much work for one or two scenes. I can't believe it. What actors are in the movie? Nobody, you know, not no one. No, no recognizable names at all. A big budget movie. Oh, well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think that that staff news whoever wrote that in the staff news i think was overly impressed with it being mgm it's the first mgm production in manitoba that's fine that's true but it's not the biggest budget movie to come through here did, there's did been huge movies coming through here did the sean penn it? movie sean penn shot a movie here last year yeah he did that's right sean penn did that's right that would be well that's a bigger star for sure Yeah, you know, maybe it's not as big a budget because it was kind of an independent film right flag day he wrote and directed it and everything so, oh, I just heard uh, something good about Flag Day. Yeah, it's getting good reviews and it's at TIFF. I think it premiered at TIFF mm. and getting good response at TIFF. So, yeah, it looks really good. I think I'm going to see that for sure. Oh, very cool. And I, I was going to ask, did you see the MGM lion anywhere? Do we <laughs> just put him in the window there of the movie theater, the movie theater. They should really do that. He yeah. only roared once, but they happened to catch it on film. <laughs> I watched last week. I watched. I'm I'm uh, in the middle of moving. I still I moved, but I still don't have my cable oh, yeah. or in internet hooked up. So I'm watching all the DVDs that I bought over the summer because I have nothing else to watch. So I watched Strange Brew last week, which was Whoa. one of the ones I bought. And there's this great scene at the beginning where they're cranking on the tail of the lion. <laughs> Does he belch? 
I don't remember. I think they did have, I think they probably added the yeah sound effect of the belch from the lion. Um, yeah. So great movie for sure. And I didn't realize that that movie's Hamlet. I just realized that last week, this week, as I was watching it, the movie is the same story as Hamlet. Uh, <laughs> and it compete complete with the Elsinore brewery, which I also didn't get. I didn't get any of those references when I saw that movie as a kid. So anyway, I, I don't think I got any of them. Uh, the last time I saw it, which wasn't that long ago, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern mm-hmm. and the various people. There's a daughter of the, mm-hmm. the dad who kills, uh, or no, sorry, the uncle who kills the dad and marries the mom, everything. It's all Hamlet. It's all the same thing. So anyway, all right, let's talk about, we have lots to talk about this week. Actually, we weren't sure earlier what we were going to talk about, but this week, because of the, um, we had some sad news, unfortunately, Norm Macdonald passed away. Yeah, that's terrible. I've got a clip here. It was shocking. Very, very shocking. Let's listen to this quickly and then I'll, uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> when I have my uh, funeral, you know, yeah. and you know, most of these funerals, uh, crying and uh, sad and everything like that. And, uh, uh, that's what I like, you know. I don't want. I've heard of other ones. Let's have a party. Ah, ah. Whoa, whoa! No party. There'll be a lot of party days later, but right now, this is. The, I'm dead. I mean, you know, people should be talking, crying. I think uh, Norm would be okay with us playing that clip. I think he would see the humor in it, don't yeah. you? Oh yeah, of course, of course he would. There's no doubt about that. He, but he he dealt in dark topics quite often in his stand-up. So oh, for sure, that was a clip from his uh, short-lived show on Netflix, his talk show with uh, that was the episode with David Letterman on it. And he, it seemed like he was actually really good friends with Letterman over the years. Well, I think um, Norm Macdonald did an impression of Letterman on SNL. That's right. And, Letter- and then Letterman <laughs> made him do it on the air, and he looked and Norm Macdonald looked like he wanted to die, but he did it. But he did it. Um, and, um, of course, Norm Macdonald went on to Letterman the day he got fired from SNL. Right. That's a class. I think Letterman loved that so much that I think that sealed the deal. It was after Letterman had gone to CBS, right? uh, Yeah, that's right. It was all like, screw NBC. They suck. That was what that one was all about. Well, he, and then he said, it's a a great bit where he said, Don Olemeyer, who was friends with uh, OJ fired him. And so, cause he didn't like his OJ jokes is basically... (laughs) And so he said that first the guy said to him, well, you're not funny. And he went, oh, Lordy, that's already bad. What else, what else have you got to say after that? So it's a, it's a great interview. Um, and I think um, it, was, it was just funny. It was like nobody had ever gone on there after they'd been fired, like the day of kind yeah. of thing to tell the but That's story. the kind of stuff he did, right? Yeah. Norm Macdonald, yeah. he always flew against, flew in the face of authority. He was always like, yeah. you know, doing whatever he could do to piss people off and to push everyone's buttons and that's just the way he operated and i think people loved him for it yeah i i think that's true but uh beneath that and then of course um sort of one of the greatest i think stand-up performances of all time was norm Macdonald saying goodbye to david letterman on one of his last shows and it's just not only hilarious the jokes aren't just hilarious but he also then tells a letterman joke that he saw he said he went to see letterman when he was a kid and Letterman told this joke and he says, I've repeated it a million times. So here it is again. And then at the end, he chokes up when he's talking about Letterman and he starts to cry. He start, started to cry and he told Dave that he loves him. And uh, uh, that was like a side of Norm Macdonald. I don't think people had seen before or even knew that it existed. Yeah. So we, we sort of on the Letterman show, a lot of that unfolded. But then again, he was also one of Conan's best guests as well. 
He, yeah. And, and uh, he was, he did have, I don't know, I want to call it a career as a, as a guest. He was, he was mainly a stand up comedian after he left SNL. Um, he did not do a ton of movies. I, I texted you and said, I'm going to try and watch one of his movies this week. And it turns out he really only did one. <laughs> like there's only one Dirty movie, work. Dirty Work, which he, yeah. he kind of started in along with, um, well, what's the other guy in that movie? Horatio Sands or what's it? No, oh, is it? I don't remember. Another, another, chub- another chubby comedian. Another SNL. Yes. Arnie, Arnie, um, someone or other. I should Artie? have looked it up. Is it Artie? Artie? Artie Lang? Artie Lang. That's it. Yes. Artie Lang. Anyway, dirty work. And um, I did. You haven't seen it. You said. You know, I I may have. I think I might have spoken too soon on okay. that. I, I may. Because I, you know what? There's a scene in my head from that film that I would. Of them sitting in a bar. And, and I, there's no way I would know that scene unless I'd somehow seen the movie. <laughs> so I, I, I probably have seen it at some point, but I just, uh, I, I, I went where and when that was, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't conjure it up in my consciousness. Yeah. And I, I did see it. I remember cause I, yeah. I did come out while I was working at blockbuster video. So that was one of the ones, you know, I just had these memories of these movies that came out and I, I was able to rent it of course for free. It, it's not a great movie. It's a, uh, it's okay. I mean, it's, you know, his, him and his buddies, they, they uh, start a revenge for hire business. They'll get revenge on you. They'll do the dirty work for you. They'll get revenge on somebody that's wronged you. And then of course, hilarity ensues and it's got a lot of dark humor and it, it, it fits with Norm Macdonald's style of humor. Uh, and it's okay, but yeah, he was never really getting, he never really got into the movies. Although I think he could have, I think he could have had a movie career, but maybe he just didn't like doing it. I remember when he had that interview and he said, he just wanted to do the news on SNL and they said, uh, no, you can be in sketches. We don't want you to do the news anymore. I think because that's <laughs> they didn't like the OJ joke. And, uh, and I think he said, uh, I don't want to do sketches cause I think I suck at them. So I want to do the news kind of thing. And so I don't think, I think he sort of thought of himself as a comedian first and uh and uh, maybe a commentator mm-hmm. uh, a humorous commentator more than he saw himself as an snl cast member uh so that probably although he wasn't sitcoms right he did have sitcoms. Well, he had a sitcom he had his own yeah. sitcom norm i never watched it right, again right. sorry you know we all talking about how much we loved him yet i never watched the sitcom i didn't think of it at the time i didn't think it was going to be good i don't know why i assumed a norm mcdonald sitcom would be bad but i feel like I would have uh, assumed he had to cut it down and, and make it safe for families on a network show. What was it? Fox What network was it? God, I, I did. I saw some of those and, uh, and it definitely had a Fox vibe, but I could be wrong on that. It was with, and of course, Lori Metcalf was in the, th- <laughs> yeah. in the thing with them. It's like, is she do every sitcom? Like, <laughs> is there any, is there a sitcom she hasn't been in? Like it's yeah. ridiculous. And the, the, the theme song was Doug and the slugs too bad. <laughs> I think that, if anything, was the thing that got me into it because I just thought it was super cool that Norm would take one of Canada's kind of lesser known 80s bands, you know, at the time and use their song in the theme. Yeah. So I just think that's great. One time I actually talked to Doug Bennett from Doug and the Slugs and we asked him, me and a friend of mine went to see Doug and the Slugs and we said, hey, how did your show get in the Norm show? And he just said, oh, Norm likes our song. Uh, like, we, we love it. We're, we're so happy when he used it. Like, that was great. That was great for us. 
Hmm. It kind of gave them a new lease on life in the United States from people who just never had heard the song in the first place. It was on ABC. It aired on ABC ABC, from March 24th, 1999 to April 6th, 2001. So two seasons. Um, Yeah, which, I mean, that that makes sense. But uh, I never did watch it. Oh, well, you know what? It's worth even just watching the theme song on YouTube. It's funny. It's uh, it's Artie Lang Lang was in that as well. Was he? Max Wright from ALF. Uh, (laughs) Forgot. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I watched uh, this week, I watched the theme song again for the sitcom. And -hmm. it's perfect. And I was like, no, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to just stop with the theme song. I'm like, that's good enough. That's. That was good enough. I'm like, it's it's a funny theme song. I like the song and I like, and you get Laurie Metcalf hamming it up in the credits as well. I was kind of like, that's perfect. That's all you, that's, that's all you need to see. And the thing that was shocking to me was how young Norm was in the sitcom. <laughs> like, it's fun. I always thought of him as a cranky old guy, but when you look at the old stuff, it's like, he's a kid. Well, I mean, a lot he, of that stuff. he was only 61 when he passed. Yeah. That's fairly young. Uh, unfortunately, he, um, apparently he was battling cancer for quite a while. Uh, privately, no one knew that he had cancer and just kind of, you know, was, was fighting it on his own, not as on his own, but in the private and, uh, and then finally lost the battle this week. You know, and here's something very weird. I saw Norm do stand up at the Burton Cummings Theater. That couldn't, that wasn't that long ago. I don't know how many years ago that was, but it couldn't have been that long ago. And uh, the last maybe half hour of his act was cancer jokes. (laughs) I remember. Wow. And and people, yes, I know. And and people in the theater were like, like there was, there was awkward silences. There might've even been some people who like got up and left. If I recall, there was like there, it was uh they were awkward jokes for sure. They're hol- I mean, if you buy into the Norm character, you right. have enjoyed those jokes. But in retrospect, I can't help but wonder if he didn't think of those after because he, they said he'd been fighting this for a decade. Yes. So it makes me wonder if he'd all if that was already on his radar and he wrote those jokes. I, I mean, yeah, that's I guess one, of- one would one would suppose that that's the case. Yeah, that was what his way of dealing with it is about writing yeah. writing jokes about it and uh, and. Uh- hopefully feeling better about it, I guess. I've been meaning to go online to see if any of that standup is there. Mm. But, um, but as I say, it was like about a half an hour's worth of material and it was good. And I remember that it went to dark places, but it was an, an expertly constructed routine uh, or like routine. I hate it when people call it a routine, but it's like, it was like it was, <laughs> routine means you're dancing and you're do, doing it. Yeah. Do your uh, routine. jazz hands. Tell us your jokes, do a routine. Um, but he, um, uh, he brought it back. I remember, and it was just hysterical, like what he, how he did it, but he did it. He brought you to a darkness and then he brought you back. So mm-hmm. it was really good. What a, And, and he's also a famous gambler too, oh. which I don't know if people know that. And apparently to the extent that he would do, like he would gamble on things like who's going to be the next person to walk into the room for $5,000. <laughs> So he's also an, and a renowned poker player, I understand too. Oh, wow. So, um, boy, interesting, interesting guy, Canadian. Yeah. And he was so always very, him. very, um, yeah. proud to be Canadian and always yeah. spoke about it. And he spent, I think he lived, did he live in Canada? Well, uh, in the early days. Now, I don't know if he did now. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he did come back to Canada for a while after SNL, like after he went, kind of went 
through a, I guess, a, a not a downtime, but, a, you know, less, he became less famous, I guess, for a while or whatever, however you want to say that. And so I think he came back to Canada, but he was always very proud to be Canadian and always talked about Canada. He reminds me a lot of Jay Baruchel in that, in that case, who's a guy who's like very, very connected to Hollywood. Very, he's, he had all the right friends in all the right places, but just didn't, didn't get to that next level in Hollywood. And again, Norm Macdonald may have been a choice. You know, he may have chosen to not, he didn't want to do movies. He didn't want to act. He would have a handful of cameos in other movies. I know he would be in somebody's movie if they wanted him to like a uh, half baked. I think he's in that one. Um, but yeah, he just didn't hit that superstar of, um, of fame that, um, that others have. Yeah. Uh, he, he's had an interesting career. He's done a variety of things. I thought, I think, in many ways, I, I find it hard to even believe he was on SNL. <laughs> you know, like well, okay, and I think no. Here's the thing: Lauren Michaels likes to pick like weird people like that. I think Pete Davidson is the current uh, Norm Macdonald of the cast because he's useless. <laughs> Pete Davidson is useless. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. He doesn't do. He doesn't even do um, a Weekend Update. He does usually does characters on weekend or rants on Weekend Update, but he's barely ever in any of the sketches. Um, he's just not a very diverse. I mean, people are you know I know there are a lot of people out there who like Pete Davidson and they think he's great, but I'm not a fan. No, me um, either. And uh, <laughs> I just think that and it's kind of equivalent to Norm what Norm Macdonald was on SNL at the time because he was not. He never had any characters. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, the only other sketch other than. Um, other than we can update was the Jeopardy sketch he did when he played Burt Reynolds. That was the other big sketch that he was really well known for and everyone loved. Yes, that was. And I saw lots of people sharing that. Um, and, and once again, like his, he wasn't an impressionist, but he just kind of embodied. The, he knew what characteristics yeah. were funny yeah. and he brought those out. Same with the David Letterman thing. He did a thing with David Letterman tapping a pencil. Yeah. Right. When he was doing Letterman and that was funny because that's what Letterman does. And same thing with, with Burt Reynolds. He didn't sound like Burt Reynolds. He just tried to adop adopt the mannerisms of Burt Reynolds and was successful. And like it's Burt Reynolds from the 70s, not Burt Reynolds. Now it's like old Burt Reynolds from like Deliverance and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's what he's uh, doing there. And it's hilarious. And of course, it was the back and forth between him and Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. That was oh, no, that was the Sean Connery guy. But still, Burt Reynolds was funny as well. That's right. Yeah, we, when we should point out Burt Reynolds is dead now. He is dead now. I should say <laughs> well, that. Said he wasn't, it wasn't the Burt Reynolds of today. <laughs> well, now he is. No, I'm just kidding. That's a Norm Macdonald type it joke. Is. There you go. It is. Um, but, you know, I, I would even say in, in terms of him, we, it being weird that he's on SNL. I'd also say those days are gone where you have the acerbic, the, 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 the cutting comedy and the acerbic wit and the the person who doesn't feel comfortable waving at everybody on the stage at the end <laughs> like, like that used to be a thing right like there always right. used to be the person who's kind of like hovering in the background like i don't think i'm going to be doing this like <laughs> i don't like this like like sort of the sour person in the corner who doesn't want right. to wave with everybody and i do know that sometimes you can tell who's angry based on who doesn't show up at the end to wave oh. To wait I've never, I've never paid attention to that ever. That oh, it's, ending well, wave shot. You, you see some interesting stuff in that wave. I'm going to start paying attention to that now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, I just don't think, I think, um, that style of comedy. And I think even David Spade had some of that in him yep. too, or he would yep. do that kind of thing too. But I just don't think that that's, that's not what uh, people are pandering for these days. No, it's, you know? and, yeah, you're right. And, and Norm had such yeah. a, I don't want to use the word unique, but 
distinct, how about that yeah. for a word, distinct b- form of comedy um, that nobody else can really duplicate that. Uh, there's other uh, in the same style, but I think there's only one, one Norm MacDonald and there's, and now we've lost him. So well, and it, uh, what I really liked though, what I, what I was surprised at actually was the absolute outpouring of love for Norm MacDonald online. Yeah. Because I really thought, I mean, I, I thought, Oh God, comedy's over. Nobody likes comedy anymore. It's depressing. Like I don't feel comfortable telling jokes in half the places I am anymore. <laughs> right. I used to be that used to just be how I felt comfortable <laughs> telling jokes. So I'm like, well, guess not. And you sort of get you sort of get to this point where you're like, we live in a terrible world where nobody likes jokes anymore because everything's so depressing. He dies, which is terrible and depressing. But I thought the good that came out of it was that, um, like in people saw through the sarcastic wit and saw the nice guy. And it's like how that doesn't always happen. Like, like uh, Andrew Dice Clay, everybody thinks that he is that character. Yeah. And it's been, it's been 30 years since he's played that character. Yes. (laughs) But, but I don't think I, you know, I, I'm not going to like say if someone, I'm not going to wish passing away on anyone, but I think there's some comedians that have characters that people cannot see through and cannot yeah. see the nice person or whatever, or any niceness behind the crazy character. And so to me, I was, I was happy. I was happy. I was pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised at how many people, how many other people also love Norm Macdonald. Like that, you're right. Yeah. The outpouring of, of sympathy and, 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 um, and thoughts about him. Like, I'm like, Holy shit. There was a ton of people who loved him. And I didn't realize that many, I thought he was more of a kind of a lower level, like of, you know, and we, you know, only like real comedy nerds or people who are really into that kind of stuff know who that is and, and like his work. But there are a lot of people who who like his work. So, you know, he yeah. will live on uh, in the clips on YouTube <laughs> that we have of him. I, well, I wish he would have lived on longer here on this planet. So that part's uh, very, yeah. very sad. And uh, but um, we should also and I just want to say one more thing about his connection to Winnipeg. And that is he was often seen wearing his Winnipeg Jets jersey mm. and even when they had the snl reunion he came back and he wrote a sketch and he said i was sitting in the sketch and he tweeted i was sitting in the sketch room with my winnipeg jets jersey on whatever so there that it connects him to our community as well you've also uh sorry you just brought up twitter you know he was very very good on twitter and he would uh he was like just great about like the things he would tell interesting stories on twitter and just be great uh, interacting with fans and that kind of stuff so he was that was another thing he was really really good at was was his his online presence, his social media presence, and and uh, connected with fans in a really cool way. And he would call sports games. He'd be play by play on Twitter, which I always thought was hilarious. Now I don't know. And and the thing was, he wasn't even making jokes about it. He was like literally, like he's Watch on the, the putting game. green. Yeah, yeah, he's on the putting <laughs> green now. Like like it's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, oh man. Yeah, I know. It's I'm gonna miss him. Bad. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he invented a genre of comedy. And that's it. And it's him. That's right. <laughs> it's him. And that's not going to happen one. anymore. That's right. So rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Absolutely. I remember Dave differently because the first time I saw him, I was 13 years old. I was living in... Uh, oh. <laughs> I was living in Toronto, Canada, and I went to a talk show they had there. And... Uh, David Letterman was the stand-up comedian on the show. And uh, I loved stand-up. And David Letterman did this joke that I told everybody 
this joke. I love this joke. It still uh, stays with me as my favorite stand-up joke ever. So I'd like to do it for you if you'd like to hear it. <laughs> he goes, um, I, uh, I, I was on the street the other day and uh, I, uh, I saw a garbage truck and on the back of the garbage truck there was a small sign that said, please do not follow too closely. <laughs> Another of life's simple pleasures ruined by meddling bureaucracy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You remember the old days when, when Dad would pile the kids in the station wagon and we'd all go out and follow a garbage truck? All right. Well, let's um, move on to, I guess, happier news. Uh, the Emmys are this weekend. Is that happy? I don't know. Are you, are not you, for the losers, Dan. Not for the losers. Not for the losers. <laughs> but it's an honor just to get nominated. And boy, there are a lot of nominees this year. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I want to talk about that for a second. We're just going to do the main categories. We didn't. And by the way, um, we haven't really watched a lot of these shows. It's been a weird year for television. You know, the pandemic has put a ton of them on hold. All the big names like Maisel, um, uh, Saul didn't didn't air this year. Uh, there's a bunch of shows that just didn't air. So there's a lot of like openings for other shows that would like these are shows that normally we nominated for Emmy. So there's an opening up for some of these. But I think that I don't know. It seems like some of these are pretty much a lot, but we'll see. Um, so we'll just go through the series. We're going to do outstanding drama series, outstanding comedy, and then the limited series um, and just All right. pick, pick what we know. We'll just say what we've seen of these yeah. and then uh, kind of go from there. Um, so for I, I also brought, I just want you to know, I brought it up on my screen too. So if okay. you're seeing me clicking or you're hearing me in the mic clicking, it's so I can follow the category. Yeah. Uh, and I do, again, the, the nominees. Now, it used to be that there were only five nominees in each category, and they have changed that rule. And I looked it up, and they actually changed it last year. And I didn't realize that. They're changing it to a sliding scale depending on how many submissions they get. So I think it's a percentage of the submissions are nominated, which kind of sounds like bullshit to me. Um, it sounds like an excuse to nominate more shows so that these shows are featured and therefore marketed to audiences. It's the same reason the the, uh, the Oscars went to 10 nominees for Best Picture, but they still stay to five or sometimes three nominees for the other categories. Um, it's just a lot of nominees. That's for sure. So for the Outstanding Drama Series, the nominees are The Boys, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country, Pose, The Hand, Handmaid's Tale, and This Is Us. So obviously we've both seen The Mandalorian. What yeah. else have you seen in that? I've seen The Boys. You've seen The Boys. Oh yeah, The Boys. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I have watched The Crown, but not the current season. I've seen a couple episodes of The Crown. And I mean, to, I, I've been meaning to watch the whole thing. I hear it's excellent. I've seen uh, The Handmaid's Tale. I'm right up to date. I'm up to date. Oh, I saw Lovecraft Country. I didn't make it all the way through season and it's been, one. It's been canceled. It's, it's done. So I don't know why it's being nominated. You know what? I mean, I'm it was not surprised that it's canceled because truth be told, I don't think, I think the first episode was on the money. I was so excited. And then it became an anthology series, which was surprising because they had a good story in the first episode. Um, and uh, I just couldn't, it just didn't really get its mojo back for me after the first one. And for HBO either, since they canceled it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, for Pose, me, I don't I don't know what the hell Pose is. Pose, I think, is about modeling, some kind of modeling. I think it's on FX. And This Is Us is like on, it's nominated every year. And, and I don't know uh, if anybody ever cares anymore. It did win a couple back in the day, but I, when is, is that show still on? That was my reaction. 
this is us is still a show. So I think um, obviously we, we want the Mandalorian to win. I don't think it's going to win. I don't think it will either. I think this is going to go to the crown. What do you think? I agree. Okay. I, I agree. I think it's a lock. Yeah. The crown. I yeah. just When you look at it and the crown is, I mean, oh my God, the money they put into that thing. The, the oh, yeah. actors that are in that thing. I mean, it's, and they hire new actors every season because yes. they age everybody. So it's like brand new people. Um, yeah, they put a lot of work into it and it's very, very good production value. I saw the episode about the mining disaster. Oh, that was a couple of seasons ago. And it was about this very specific uh, mining disaster in the seventies, I think, or eighties in Britain. Um, and it's really, really good. Uh, it was a stand one, one, uh, episode I watched just on its own and it was excellent. Wow. Um, so for outstanding comedy series, and by the way, there was eight nominees for drama. There are eight nominees for comedy and those are blackish, which has been nominated several times. Cobra Kai pen 15, which looks like the word penis, uh, Emily in Paris hacks, Ted Lasso, the flight attendant, and the Kaminsky method. Uh, so, which of these have you seen? You, I know you've seen Hacks. You recommended Hacks uh, a while ago, yeah, uh, which I you said was excellent. I watched the first episode of that. It is really good, and I will watch the rest of it. I just haven't had time, but it's excellent. Well, I th well, I've seen a bunch here, and I've seen at least one episode of most. Um, let me. Do, I have not watched Ted Lasso. Oh, that is that is going to win. I think that's going to win. Oh, it's really? so good. Yes, it's so good. It's got the buzz. People love it. They love Jason Sudeikis. I think that's when that one's going to win. And I, I think that is my favorite show out of all these. Emily in Paris is awful. I can't even believe this got nominated. I'm with you. I was just about to say that. I watched, I don't know, two episodes. Yeah. I was like, this is garbage. It's horrible. And then the only thing that that show resulted in is my niece flying to Paris. <laughs> that's it. Is her name, you know, is her like, name Emily? Couture is in Paris. No, her name's Ruby. Oh, okay. Ruby in Paris will be the uh, sequel. Well, actually, it's already been the sequel. She's back home now. Okay. But I think I think that's who that show's for. It's for yes. people, for women who are about 18 years old. Just, just you know, like sort of the age of the main character. But I, I hate that show. I, I, I thought I even for that, even if it's that target audience is still not good. No, <laughs> so. I agree. I don't think it's good. I, I You know what? I'm also not a huge fan of the Kaminsky method. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I'm not a big fan of uh, the flight attendant. What is that again? I think that's I the one with the girl. It's got the girl from the Big Bang Theory. Penny from the Big Bang Theory is in it. And I've not seen it. Oh, sorry, I've heard it's thinking, good. I was thinking of a different show. I've not seen. Uh, the I think you're thinking of the one with Loki. You're right. You're thinking of the the, uh, the one that he did a couple of years ago called. I think it's called the, the attendant. <laughs> Something like that. You are right. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> All um, right. So I'm going to say I think it's either going to be Ted Lasso or Hacks. To make things into oh, I love Pen Fifteen. I probably is it is it what is it about a penis? Oh well, it's about two. It's two adults, uh, adult women playing themselves in high school. Oh, it's on it's on CBC. It's on CBC Gem. It is so freaking funny. I just love that show. I I I think I watched the second season in one day or something. Mm -hmm. It was it's just so good. Um, so I I love Pen Fifteen. I don't think it can win though. I think Ted Lasso or Hacks. And just to make things interesting, I'm going to say Hacks okay. is going to win, just so we have a, a different choice there. But I think I think you're spot on with your Ted, uh, Ted Lasso is so good. And you'll you'll see when you watch it, you'll be surprised. I know that because I know I, I was like you. Like, I was like, oh, what is the big deal about this Ted Lasso? Like, I don't understand why everyone's going on about it, but it is excellent. Okay. Wow. Uh, and then last category here, uh, we're not going to have time to get into the actors. So we'll just do the shows. Maybe we'll do 
our own picks and post them on Twitter or something. I just hit my mic. Um, this is for outstanding limited series. And these are, there's only five. It's just back to a normal amount of nominations. Mayor of Easttown, uh, which I did not see. I May Destroy You, WandaVision, The Queen's Gambit, and The Underground Railroad. Uh, did you say WandaVision? Yeah, I did say WandaVision. Okay, I would love right. for that one to win, but I don't think it's going to. All right. So I've seen all of the, no, I've not seen the Underground Railroad. I hear that's excellent. I've not seen it either. It's very dark. I mean, it's about the Underground Railroad. So you can imagine it's a very disturbing subject matter and it's a very realistic look at what happens. So um, I don't think it's going to win, but it's, I've heard it's excellent. I've seen everything else. And boy, this is a tough one. A uh, Mayor of Easttown had a huge buzz. I really like that show. I think WandaVision was the best of the Marvel shows. Um, I May Destroy You, I found to be just a touch overrated. What's, like what it, is that one? Remind us. That's, uh, that's with um, Michaela Cole. Okay. She she is also known. She was in the, in the Netflix show Chewing Gum. Oh, yes. I, oh, my God. I loved her in Chewing Gum. I was like, this is a new kind of comedian. Like, this is so good. I May Destroy You is a serious... Uh, role for her with some comedic elements but I just don't think I think the show thought um it was it's like the classic we're starting a conversation but really at the end of the show I thought they didn't end the conversation like I thought at the end of the show I was kind of like what what is this about like what what what's so therefore why did we watch this I just thought it was it just I, I thought maybe it didn't have the courage of its convictions, but uh, I so many people disagree with me. So what do I know? <laughs> um, so I would have to say the Queen's Gambit had so much buzz too. It's either going to be Mayor of Easttown or the Queen's Gambit. I'm going to give it to the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's that's going to take it. I mean, there was such a big buzz and the, and the, like it reinvigorated this like chess in general. Like people were playing chess because of that show and this huge. Everyone was talking about it. It was one of just one of those things that it got into the uh, into the pop culture um, conversation of the world kind of thing. And so I think that oh, for that yeah. reason, it will win um, that uh, thing. So we'll see what happens. I probably won't be watching it. Oh, oh, I don't I don't have cable right now, so I can't watch it. I'll watch it and I'll fast forward through it. I do that every year. I'll watch the clips on YouTube afterwards. That's right. If something wacky happens, yeah. like what I will usually do is I'll start watching it an hour in so I can fast yeah. forward through the commercials at the very least. But then you can also check Twitter. And if everybody's going berserk about something, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's coming up now or whatever. So you can, it sort of signals, you know, I, I don't care enough to watch every minute of the show. But I mm. care enough, and, and particularly what I'd like to see is just the Mandalorian win some stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I want to see Favreau go up there and accept the award or whatever, or even whoever. Would It would be him, right, if they won? It depends. I guess it depends on what they win. The special effects people would go up if, if uh, they win, right? Right. The award. So. Right. But that would right. be nice. I mean, I oh, do yeah. think it is one of the best shows on TV. It's really good, but I, it, it, yeah. it just has that thing because it's a Star Wars thing. It automatically gets like bumped down to this other level of being, you know, entertainment and not serious art where it is. It's very good. It's really well shot and it's as good as any other show out there right now. And the Mandalorian also has a, uh, has the surprise in the season and it's got a couple of surprises in the season. Mm -hmm. Super high production standards. I mean, it would be, I'd be happy if uh, the Mandalorian cleaned up, but I just don't think, I think you're right. I think Star Wars can't 
There's only so many awards they're willing to give Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That way. If they start giving it the yeah. acting and the best thing award, the like best picture, best show, then Star Wars will just be winning everything. And then that's they can't have that. Right. <laughs> right. But but who knows? Maybe the book of Boba Fett is going to knock our socks off and we'll go, well, it's better than the Mandalorian. You're like you just never know. Exactly. All right. Well, we will see. And uh, what do you think? Should we do uh, picks and post them on Twitter on Sunday before people Oh yeah, I could show? Do. okay. Could let's do, do that. I wonder if there's a ballot. Does yeah, we'll find an easy ballot? ballot form and fill it out. Yeah. And Chris, if you want to get in on this, maybe Lauren wants to get on this. I saw Lauren tweeting about uh, Norm Macdonald. You seem to be a big fan um, of uh, of him. So if you guys want to get in on this, or anybody wants to get on in on this, make your Emmy picks and tweet them at us, and uh, we'll see how that goes. And I'll see if I can find. Uh, I don't know if Vanity Fair does an Emmy form like it does for the oscars but if they i do, have a I'll tweet it out okay. oh i have a entertainment weekly one that's pretty oh. easy but it's uh, still long okay yeah you're right you want just a one page right a one page thing you can print out and, and fill out or whatever that would be nice if so, they had it but yeah okay and the emmy goes to uh, when do i get the results by the way three to six weeks very helpful okay and the emmy goes to Shit's creek <laughs> We'll look cool. All right, let's finish up with some recommendations. What do you have for us this week? Uh, you go first. This All right, week. I will go first. I Like I said, I've been watching a lot of DVDs. I've had to go through my DVD collection because I do not have cable at the moment. I do not have, uh, and that's just bad planning on my part. I completely forgot about the time it takes for cable companies to install things and whatever. So I have to wait weeks. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of DVDs and I've been going through the DVDs that I've been buying. Some of those DVDs I bought by sticking my hand into bargain bins and randomly picking them out. And one of the DVDs I found doing that was Furious 7. Ooh. which is the seventh movie in the fast and furious franchise. And I joked at the time that I hated that because I don't like those movies generally, but I actually watched it. It's actually pretty good. I will give a recommendation for furious seven. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay. Never, you know what? I have. Uh, here's a confession. I've never seen a single one of them. Oh, really? No. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. That, that, that's. I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's a lot of people who just not interested in any fast and furious at all. <laughs> Right. Because they're not into cars or they're not into Vin Diesel. Um, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I, what I thought the immediate thing I thought as I started watching this movie was, well, I've missed out on years of seeing these in the theater because it is a spectacle. Like these things get pretty crazy with the stunts and the the action and everything like it's it is really over the top and completely unrealistic. There's a lot of dis- disbelief being suspended in these movies, but I can see how it would be a lot of fun to see that in the theater and to have that experience in the theater. So I'm definitely going to go see the next one. I watched seven, eight and eight, seven and eight is kind of, they're kind of like sequels to each other. Actually, they're very directly related. And I think nine is also related to that as well. And then there's a 10th one coming out next year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. They're not all great. And I maybe I'll rewatch them now that I've kind of enjoyed these later ones. Maybe I'll start watching them back. It's, I think the last one legitimately watched before any of these was like um, Tokyo Drift or something like that. And you know what? That, that's I like that movie. I thought it was pretty good. So anyway, I, I'm just saying that it's not as bad as I thought. I, I My sincere apologies to any fans of the Fast and Furious franchise that I've offended over the years by bashing it. <laughs> whatever it's it's better than i thought i was wrong i will admit it so i did watch furious seven and and it's called (laughs) furious seven and then the fate of the furious um 
that's the the and there's always the the naming is so weird and inconsistent across all the movies. If you look, there's a video I saw on YouTube about that. It's hilarious. But hey, if you're looking for some fun popcorn, not even not thinking about it, kind of entertainment, then uh, you can't go wrong with the Fast and Furious. To me, Tokyo Drift is that franchise's electric boogaloo. Yes, that like, is what why, that is. Why do we need that terrible name next to the? I don't know. Name of the franchise. But the, you'll see, again. You look at the the the. Okay, originally it was The Fast and the Furious, which was actually a remake of a movie. I think it was a Steve McQueen movie. I don't remember. It was an old movie from the 60s. And then they kept going with that. The Fast and the or is no Too Fast, Too Furious with the number two. I don't remember what the third one was called, just Fast 3 or Fast. And it was into Fast 5. And then they kept changing it. And, and every time, there's never been a consistent name across the franchise. So that is something that they just do every time. What the so. hell is Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, that's what a that? spinoff. That's a spinoff character. So it's which is hilarious because Shaw, which is uh, what's his name again? Um, British dude, British uh, action Jason dude, Statham? Jason Statham. Thank you. He uh, he's the bad guy in number seven, and then he becomes the a good guy in number eight, and then and he hates the Rock. Hobbs is the Rock. Hobbs came in in like number four or five. And they do not get along. And so therefore they're going to put them in a movie together and <laughs> get a, wow. a wacky action comedy with two guys. And I, I started watching Hobbs and Shaw. Actually, that's, you know, I watched that when it came out way back a couple of years ago and it wasn't good. I didn't like it at all, but I did like Furious 7. So take that for what it is. What do you got to recommend today? Uh, first, I want to say that I looked it up and there is a Vanity Fair 2021 oh, awesome. Emmy ballot. And all right, we will fill that up. It's actually two pages long, but um, so it's longer than the Oscars, but it's because there's so many categories. I'm just looking to make sure it's really the right one. Yeah, that appears to be correct. All right, cool. Good. So there is one and maybe I'll just tweet it out if uh, people are looking for it. Um, I am going to recommend I saw a promo on TV. uh, I don't know, three weeks ago or so for Doom Patrol. Ooh, Doom Patrol. And uh, so I, I checked and it's on demand. I was like, okay, I'll watch Doom Patrol. And I was shocked and horrified when I saw DC Comics pop up. <laughs> and the, and the, I, had no, I didn't know. I didn't know it was DC Comics. So I'm like, wait a sec. What kind of pile of crap is this show going to be? And then I noticed that Cyborg was in it. I was like, I'm going to hate this show. Oh, this, yeah. This is terrible. And then I watched it. I was like, wait a sec. This show's fucking good. I, I actually... <laughs> I have to say, I really enjoy the hell out of that show. I'm on uh, season two. I just started season two yesterday. I know that this season season three is coming out now. I think right now. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, I yeah. love this show. I gotta say, oh, I've been watching. I've been watching Doom Patrol since great. the beginning. Uh, and I, I, I think I recommended it on this podcast before. I, I was gonna ask you because I think it did definitely ring a bell. And when I started watching, I was like, this sounds like Dan. Something Dan told me about. But it's yeah. great. It oh, is. Yeah. It's. It is a great show. The jokes are great. The acting is great. The production standards are great. Like it's so good. And, and it's um, weird. Just oh, it's weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny too. Um, I just. I was just shocked that uh, that we're looking in the in the credits. You like they do the DC role or you right. see uh, the yeah. Flash and everything. I'm like, yeah. wait, as I this looks. Come on. What are they? What do you think they're doing here? Who do they think they're fooling? And yet the show start and it and the show did something that I thought no show could do, which is make me like Cyborg and make me interested in this character of Cyborg. 
because the because Justice League didn't do that. I thought well, I, I don't terrible. even know. I guess Cyborg must be in the comic book because I don't know the history of the comic book. Um, because I was confused about that. I'm like, well, there's also like a different actor playing Cyborg, which we've talked about it before. Like it's confusing when these parts are played in different parts. There's a million different Batmans and Supermans now of all these different actors playing these parts. But yeah, you're right. It is good. He is good. The actor who plays Cyborg is good. They give a little more backstory to him, I think, in a better way than they did in Justice League. So, and I love uh, Brendan Fraser as um, what's his name? Rob- the robot? I don't know what his name is. Iron, uh, Cliff, Iron Cliff. Cliff Steele is yeah. the name of the, the character. And he plays this race car driver who got into an accident and then his brain was transplanted into a robot body. It's so good. It's so funny. He is hilarious. So kudos to Brendan Fraser, who plays that part. Just so good. And then the other guy in that role. Yeah. Who's uh, I'm blanking on the name of the actor who plays the doctor, the uh, Niles, the doctor. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yes. He's a James Bond. One of the James Bonds. (laughs) He's very good, too. Oh, he's. Oh, my God. There's a and there's an episode that delves into his backstory. That is solid gold. Mm -hmm. I I was like, wow, it's. Like the show flies by, it's interesting, it has something to say, it makes fun of other superhero shows, and uh, the voiceover by Alan Alan Tudyk, is that his yes, name? Yes, yes. Uh, voiceover and bad guy yes. in season one. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh on season two, so I don't know what's going to happen, but I thought, um, I thought he was fantastic. I just thought, I think it's very inventive. Like it's a, I'm surprised that people aren't talking about it more to tell you the yeah, truth. Cause it's, it's interesting. And yeah, season three comes out next week. So you're right. Yeah. Season three is uh, is uh, September 23rd. So I'll definitely be watching that. Episodes yeah. one and two come out on Thursday. Sweet. Oh my God. That's next week. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Now. I love that show. So good. Yeah. Oh, me too. What a great show. I mean, you would just, I saw the preview, I saw the um, trailer or whatever for season three. And I was like, what weird. And, and now it's on HBO max, I think. It, I don't yeah, it's, well, it's Craven Canada, but yeah, right. it, it's it's an HBO Max thing, which I think all the DC stuff is now. I think there's a, a okay. permanent partnership, or, or if, I don't know, it's all owned by the same company probably, but because um, all the Justice League stuff was on HBO Max too. I just I can't believe it's been around for two seasons already. The third one's coming out, and I'm just kind of catching. It was very much under the radar. I don't think a yes. lot of people knew about it back when it first started, but yeah, great show. Definitely check yeah. it out. Absolutely. <laughs> a recommendation from both of us. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass.